This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Dumpster Diving. Splash, splash. I can't do it like you do it. (laughs) This is where we... uh, we look at some of the pop culture detritus and let you know how horrible it is. Uh, but sometimes we find uh, some hidden gems. But not today, Mike. No, not today. So uh, I looked up the worst episode of Seinfeld, according to people that vote on these things. And that's the episode we did. It's called Male Unbonding, I believe. It is the only episode of Seinfeld to not start with the. Larry. Uh, yeah, I'd have to take your word for it. I'm not a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah, and I, and I like Seinfeld a lot, the, the TV show. They're, it's clear after watching Curb Your Enthusiasm what is the Jerry Seinfeld influence on Seinfeld and what the the Larry David influences. And I like the, the Larry David esque like plots and things a lot more, but yeah, yeah. He seems to be much more surreal. Like he'll definitely, he's more comfortable waiting for the punchline, you mm-hmm. know, and like, uh, and, uh, I'm like Bill Manette who knows where to put the punchline at the end. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this was not a great episode. Uh, this is, I believe it's episode four of the first season, of the, the five episode first season. Uh, the entire first season is not very good for this show. But the basic plot is, I mean, we can do the plot of this episode in maybe two minutes. This might be our shortest episode ever. Um, yeah, this like seems like the most generic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the most, it's like the, a very generic 90s plot. It's a... Uh, Jerry, you know, he uh, he's telling jokes at the beginning. I guess he does he always do they phase that out later? Well, it's it's usually there. Well, yeah, it gets it gets phased out quite a bit, but it's when it is there in the later seasons, the and that's one thing that I noticed. The the stand up parts are very truncated. It might last about five seconds instead of like an entire routine. Yeah, instead of that Herbie. I'm not a big fan of Seinfeld, but I've seen a few episodes just because it's everywhere. And my wife likes the show, and mm. so I've seen some, you know, while she's watching it. Yeah, and it's like that weird phenomenon, like where, where if you don't really watch a TV show, whenever you watch it, you always seem to catch like the same episode. Yes, I think the one I always catch is the Vanderly Industry one, where like he's like you know running in to because I think I think he gets fired or something, and then he's like, uh, I, I don't even know what's going on to be honest with you. <laughs> I think like he's uh. He's having someone call to say, because he said he works at Vanderlei Industries, I think is what's happening. I'm, I'm not really. Yeah, George is looking, George is applying for a new job and he, he left Vanderlei Industries as one of his his references and it's Jerry's uh, apartment number. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so George is quite thin in this episode. He packed on some weight uh, over the years. Uh, poor Jason Alexander. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, um, I mean, aside from uh, Jerry, obviously, and uh, 
Julia Louise Dreyfus. Like nobody else since it has really been like you know steadily in things. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, you know, Kramer's uh, you know using the N word at uh, comedy clubs, and I think uh, I think George has been on uh, Jason Alexander's been in, on Broadway maybe a couple times. Yeah, I think he originally because I. I I know I, I watch comedians in cars with coffee, which I like. Mm. I think so. I've heard a lot about the history. I, I think uh, he was originally like a Broadway person, and they were trying to get somebody else, but he wasn't available, so they auditioned him. And you know, he yeah. So I'm like I'm dying over here. I'm just uh, I'm smoking and coughing a lot for some reason. It's very cold here. That's probably why. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll do it. But I mean, the basic plot of this episode is that Jerry has a friend. That he's had since he was a kid, and and his friend I can't. He's in something else, isn't he? Is his name like Mister? Is he? Isn't he from Saved by the Bell or something? Um, I don't think he was in Saved by the Bell, but he he's definitely. For some reason, thought Mister Tuttle was his name, but I don't think that's Mister Tuttle from like the you know the old school. Uh, oh no, um, I remember. He does look a little like a thinner version of Mister Tuttle, so I can yeah. I can see that. Yeah, you should look this up, but yeah, he's a character actor who's in quite a few things in the eighties. Like he, you know, if you saw him, you you definitely would recognize his face. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let me. I'm looking up his name uh, real quick. Let's see. Yeah, but so so he's got this friend, and like the fr- it's like uh, you know Jerry's talking about go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have an, a terrible impression, but I mean it is what it is. But you know, it's like he's like pained and he's like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, not be this person's friend. And it's like, you know, comparing it to like a woman you want to break up with, but mm-hmm. you can't quite figure out how to. I would have been I would have been Stalin's friend if he had a, a ping pong table when I was 10 years old. <laughs> right. That's how that, like it's it's funny because you can see that uh, like Jason Alexander, real actor, he's he hasn't quite found George yet. Elaine, real actress. Hasn't quite found Elaine yet. Uh, Michael Richards, real actor, definitely hasn't found Kramer yet. Exactly what he wants to do with Kramer. But Jerry is just the same from the pilot episode to to the end of the show. He never gets better. He never gets worse. It's always the same. What do you mean, George? Yeah, uh, a couple of points I want to make. Uh, first of all, uh, Stalin killed way more than Hitler. Absolutely. And, uh, secondly, yeah, I don't. You immediately notice that Jerry Seinfeld is either not acting or just a bad actor. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like there's no difference between him and comedians. And I mean, obviously, he exaggerates like the voice and stuff, but he is a not good at all actor, and he never improves. No, not at all. Like uh, Will Smith, I mean, he's not my favorite actor, but like his first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air to the last, he's definitely improved greatly. You know, he's oh. he's he's. I mean, he's not like, you know, he's not like Denzel Washington or like Meryl Streep or anything, but mm. I mean, he's he's not like, you know, a rapper who just like got a TV show. He You know, he's definitely passable, and I think he's even been nominated for some stuff, like 21 Grams, maybe? Yeah, I think he was nominated for Ali, too, and, and maybe... I haven't uh, seen that, but I mean, I've seen him turning good performances, but I, 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 I don't know if Jerry's just not trying, or he just doesn't understand what acting is, or if it's a combination of both. Yeah, I think... I honestly think like he said to himself or maybe even to the executives, look, I can't act. I, uh, if I'm just going to play myself, then I'm just, you know, I, I mean, I'm, there's not much I can do. And um, and maybe they were like, OK, with that. And like, it's clear he never he never put in any work. He never tried to become no, a better he, actor. Especially, I mean, like I said, I, I've seen the last episode. And like you said, he doesn't change any no. really. 
but it's just like it's like I don't I don't even it's whatever you know it works obviously it's a very successful show but right. I think a lot of the the earlier parts too were just him taking like his stand up act and just like cramming it into here like he like oh we need like maybe Larry David is- yeah exactly. What's funny is like a, it's almost like a completely different tale of their stand-up careers. Like you know, obviously Jerry Seinfeld like is very polished. Like you know, he was mm-hmm. able to go anywhere and tell jokes. He has like theories. He's a real student of comedy. Yeah. And not to say Larry David isn't a student in comedy. I can't really speak to that, but he often like, people like it's mostly stories told about him as a stand-up. Like he would often get so like frustrated, he would just like run off the stage and not come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's the famous story of him like, you know, he comes out to do his set. He just does a quick survey of the audience, and he goes, "No, not tonight," and then walks off. Right, right, but yeah, he he was, you know, he he's been around quite a bit too. He, I think he was was he on or did he write for Fridays, which also had Michael Richards. He wrote for Fridays. I think he might have appeared in a couple sketches, but he primarily wrote, and of course, he wrote for one season of Saturday Night Live. Yes, I wasn't sure if he was a featured player as well, but I knew he was involved with SNL also. Yeah, he. I don't think he actually ever appeared on screen at SNL, but he wrote for one season. I think he did. He might have got one skit, one sketch on air. I think. Right, but yeah, he's obviously someone like you know from every. I've heard multiple comedians talk when he just like gets so frustrated, and just gives up. Yeah, but I mean, so yeah, you could tell there's you know I, I think my guess. I, I don't obviously know the true dichotomy of it. I mean, for all I know, Seinfeld's just as you know. Uh, abstract with his, you know, jokes and stuff as Larry David is, but he's just, you know, selling you know, like the jokes that he knows will go over. Mm. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, you know, definitely like some of the more famous episodes definitely see more Larry David influence. Like they're almost like surreal in some aspects, like the soup uh, Nazi guy or, right. um, or like even the one where they're moving like the Frogger game across the street and they have it plugged in the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't understand how that would work at all because would you have to unplug it at some point to plug it into the extension cord? You would think so. I don't understand. Or do they do they say there's like a brief memory or something on it? I don't I don't remember. They don't mention that. Fair enough. But yeah, so uh it's him, he's basically trying to break up with a, a friend and and this guy's like a real asshole. We see him look at a at the diner, mm-hmm. which I think is that the same diner they always go to later? It looks slightly different, or at least they're sitting in a different It's the same diner, but they're sitting towards the back, more towards the the counter. And later they they sit in the the first booth near the door. Gotcha. So yeah, so they're, they're there, and the guy's just like you know cussing out the waitress, and he's like he's like oh he's yelling at her for like stuff that she has no control over. Like he's just incredibly unlikable. Yeah, he's and like meantime, uh, he's like hey, this turkey club is that real turkey or is it a turkey roll? And she doesn't know. I, I assume he means like you know. Not a turkey roll, but like you know, like de- pressed meat or something. Yeah, deli turkey or whatever. And yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna guess. guess it's not real turkey, by the way. In, in a, in a, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe in this, a New York deli. I don't know. Has this guy ever been to a deli before? I mean, right. it's. I would think he'd know the menu at this point. You know. No kidding. What's funny is I noticed uh, at least twice uh, people ordered egg salad, which is kind of weird. Yes, both Jerry and no, I noticed that too. Jerry orders egg salad when he's eating with. Uh, with the the guy, I can't remember his name. Um, and then George uh, orders an egg salad when he and his girlfriend break up at that restaurant, and he comments on how great the egg salad is. I mean, like, just I don't egg, egg salad can be fine, I guess, but like Jerry and uh, and Larry David really love uh, egg salad or something. It's weird. 
That could be. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I, that just stuck out to me because that's uh, is a avowed manny's hater. That just yeah. sounds gross to me. Yeah. The, um, so but, then, like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, by the way, that actor's name is Kevin Dunn. Um, he's he's probably most well known. I'm gonna guess as uh, Sam Witwicky's father in Transformers. Um, huh. But he was also in the movie Dave. Uh, he was in Godzilla. Uh, Mississippi Burning, Ghostbusters 2, Bonfire of the Vanities, Hot Shots, Beethoven's Second. I think it must be Hot Shots. That's the one I've seen at all. I've seen Ghostbusters 2, but I don't remember him that, but I, I do remember Hot Shots. So yeah, maybe it was that. You ever seen Little Big League? Um, isn't that where the kids like uh, becomes the manager? For, there was uh, quite a few like baseball youth movies uh, during our uh, boyhood. I think Little Big League is the one. Yes, it's the one where he takes over the Minnesota Twins after his grandpa dies or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. And all those like uh, movies had like the had very weird clauses. Like, oh, you have to win the AL uh, Central next year, or the team goes to you know your most hated person in the world. Right, exactly. Oh, uh, but he was also yeah. he was also on Cheers. Um, family ties. Twenty. I mean, he, this guy's this guy has been around. He's been a, me, I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, he's definitely like a recognizable that guy kind of guy. Yeah, you would um, know him if you saw him. Everybody. Yeah, but, but then we find out that Jerry has gotten like courtside Nick tickets. I guess uh, like for the next week that he and George plan on going to. Yeah, he, yeah. It's I guess like so in the parlance of the show, he's a well-known comedian. So I'm guessing. This was either he just bought them or, or you know, somebody gave them to him or whatever. Oh, you see, I never, I actually kind of wondered about that. I wondered how famous he's supposed to be, pardon me, on the show. I mean, is he just like a like a working comedian who makes his money from that? Or is he supposed to be like, like a high level of fame? Because he's always in like clubs. He's ever in like a theater or anything like that? I would say he's probably Larry Miller famous. Uh, okay, I mean, you can make a very good living that way. I mean, you yeah. can probably make, like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, a week or something like that. I mean, you could definitely be making, the, like, the high six. Yeah, I would say... But he also lives I in would New say York. That the, I would say that's the level that he's supposed to be at, where he's... People, they're... If you're a fan of stand-up comedy during this era, um, you'd probably know who he is, and he'd be recognizable a little bit, but not a giant celebrity. That's where I'd say he is. That's fair. But yeah, so he's like, he's got tickets, which are very expensive. Uh, maybe not during this time period, but who knows? Um, and so he, he, you know, he tells this guy that uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I was, uh, I'm sick. I was supposed to go to this game, you know, with my, mm -hmm. or he said he invites him to the game. Isn't that what it is? Well, so he tries, he does the thing that he says he's going to do while they're at the diner. After the guy yells at the waitress, he's, you know, you can see him kind of be like, well, fuck this. I'm, uh, and you can see it very easily because he's not acting at all. Um, and he's like, hey, look, I, you know, I don't think this is working out. He does the whole it's not you, it's me. It's very cliched kind of thing where he's, he's breaking up with this dude. And the guy starts to sob. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he just cries. So he he takes it back and says he's just been under a lot of stress and he didn't mean it. And they're still friends. And it seems everything seems fine. And I don't know why, totally unprompted, he just is like, hey, I've got tickets to the Knicks. 
uh, on Wednesday. Why don't uh, Why don't you go with me? Like, I don't get that. Yeah, that, this whole episode to me, and again, I'm not a giant Seinfeld fan, but what is this, 89 when it first came out? Uh, yes, I believe so. So yeah, this would be 89, yeah. This is like the most generic like 80s slash early 90s plot of like a sitcom ever. It's like, oh, but we were supposed to do this, but I made a promise to somebody else. But the boss is coming to dinner tonight. You know, it's like every cliche you could think of in like an 80s, 90s sitcom just crammed into one thing. Yeah, and here's the thing. This is not a show about nothing. Um, I, I do like uh, Seinfeld in general, although it's weird, like why, especially watching the early episodes. People like the studio audience or, or whoever it is, they're fucking cracking up at shit that I'm like, that's a joke. Like, it's isn't he just pointing stuff out? Like, how is that funny? So I think, and I could be wrong in this, but uh, this here's my theory. I think this is like a perfect zeitgeist of a show. Like, it came out at the exact right time where like everything you do is considered groundbreaking, but it just would have naturally happened regardless, just because of you know society's progress. It mm-hmm. was the first two. Like, I think I don't think they ever say the word masturbate during like the uh, the the contest episode, but it's right. like probably one of the first you know obvious references to masturbation on like a primetime you know sitcom. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Could could Martin have done it a year later? Yeah, I mean it would have been this. I mean it's, it was just the time. I mean, I, I think Seinfeld is he's not really my kind of sense of humor. I mean, I've watched the episodes. I'm not a giant fan of the you know humor that you know that right. style or whatever. I mean, but I mean, good for him. I'm glad that he was able to make you know hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollars, off of this show. He and Larry David, and I do like Kirby enthusiasm because I think that's more my you know a lot more surreal mm-hmm. kind of humor. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, so, uh, again, we went on a, a tangent, and by we, I mean I. Um, so, yeah, he goes ahead and uh, makes this wacky mix-up. Right. So, yeah, they go, like, uh, Jerry eventually, like, he's, he's telling George, because George is taking a jar of pennies to the bank, because he thinks he's just going to give him this giant thing of pennies. It's like a water, it's like a water jug. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, he thinks he's just going to give them to him and they're just going to take care of it. This is in the days before before Coinstar or any kind of machines that could easily count this. Right, and take like 12%. So he, yeah, exactly. So he, he tells uh, he tells George, you know, hey, I told him that he could have these tickets and everything. George is, is obviously upset. Um, and then uh, we go back to the apartment after the bank says that they're not going to do that for him. He's got to roll them himself. Uh, and you know, he says, Jerry says, well, I'll just tell him that, that I'm sick or I've got something to do or I can't go. And, um, you know, uh, George rightfully points out, he's like, well, if you're going to lie to him anyway, just tell me you lost the tickets and then we can go. <laughs> right. He's like, See, why, actually, why don't you do that? What I thought was going to happen is I thought they were going to go and then he was going to see them on TV since, you know, they're courtside. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it could, it's you know, you could have gone either way, I guess, for the cliche. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, he he calls him and he's like he says that he's got to tutor his nephew in geometry, and then he says the words trapezoid and rhombus, which gets a laugh. And that's that's one of the things that I'm like, how is that funny? Like, what is funny about that line saying trapezoid and rhombus? I guess rhombus is kind of a funny word. I just, I don't get it. 
But anyway, so he... And it's almost like, you know, like the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Catskill kind of comedy. Yeah, yes, exactly. You can see, you can clearly see that Henny Youngman Catskill influence, um, what's his name, to James Mason. Uh, or is it, James, also, is it James uh, Mason? Uh, I don't think James Mason, you mean Jackie Mason? Jackie Mason, yeah, thank you. Yeah, James Mason's a, an actor. Like a actor. That's yeah. a little um, bit different. And I think, too, you have a lot of Bill Cosby influence here because I think Bill yes. Cosby, you know, he always is, like, making wacky noises with, you know, words. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, probably the world's most successful rapist in modern times, but he also, uh, unfortunately, contributed quite a bit to comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to deny. Uh, but it's just, it's he, he you know, if... <laughs> it's, it's weird because, you know, Hitler was a, a decent artist, but... Uh, you know, not good enough to contribute at the level uh, that Bill Cosby contributed to comedy. So I wonder if people would be torn if uh, if Hitler was a better artist but continued to do what he did. Right. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't think you could separate the two with that. I mean, he he wasn't like secretly like, oh, man, this mystery man is conquering Europe. <laughs> That's true. It would have been something that came out later. Oh, that was he, they're the same Adolf Hitler. I thought it was just a common name over there. Hey, is that guy wearing a Michael Jordan mustache? Oh my god, that's so awesome! I was thinking about that earlier today because uh, somebody mentioned. Do you remember this um this '90s cartoon called like Pro Sports or something like that? Oh, and it had no. Wayne Gretzky and uh, Bo Jackson and Michael. Oh yeah, a little bit yeah. And they each, like, you know, it was like someone from each sport. And, of course, you know, the part of the joke was Bo Jackson uh, was both of them. Yes. You know, he was baseball and football until his hips exploded. Right. And then, but, like, uh, it was funny because I looked at it and, and, and no, like, actors in the voices. Michael Jordan never set foot on the set as far as I know. That's awesome. Never, and then, of course, Michael Jordan, I always think of his Hitler mustache. Like, did he not? I, I want someone to ask about that because I have a lot of questions. Did he not know that Hitler had a mustache like that? Was he just like, you know what, I'm Michael fucking Jordan. I'm going to wear a Hitler mustache, see if anyone says anything. See, that's my feeling is that he thought, I'm big enough that I can bring this back. No, I thought he just didn't think anyone would have the balls to say anything to him, and I think he was right. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone walked up to him and was like, hey, you know, Jordan, you got a mustache. You can't can't do that. You got a little Hitler on your upper lip. Yeah. But, you know, it is weird. Because if he like, let's say he was trying to bring that back, why is that that mustache style's not cool enough? So that's something you need to reclaim. Yeah, it's like I mean, if if Hitler had had a handlebar mustache, <laughs> that would have been awesome. And someone was, I think Kaiser William did, didn't he? Right. And someone was like, "Hey, we don't want to lose that. That's too good of a look." So I think I think the uh, the Hitler mustache was just so specific. Yeah, I don't. You don't see that from a lot of people it's a weird yeah, you mostly see it on uh women in uh pornographic movies right it's a weird it's a weird decision i'm gonna do 97 percent of shaving but i'm leaving just this bit yeah, I'm, I'm lazy to the point where i'm either <laughs> gonna be clean shaven or i'm gonna just have a ridiculous beard you know i i i don't care enough to uh learn the subtle arts of uh you know picking the appropriate facial hair for my face and that sort of stuff it's just beard and then when the beard gets too unruly i shave it off yeah exactly oh speaking of disasters though before we uh before we finish up with seinfeld i was gonna save this for the main show 
but uh, you know it, this could be a future dumpster diving we do. So I wanted to I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, they the Oscar nominations came out uh, a few days ago, and well, there, yeah, that's right. There were some snubs apparently. I didn't I didn't watch the you know the announcements because I don't really care. But uh, I guess Adam Sandler was in a movie called Uncut Gems. Uh, in yeah. which he supposedly does an excellent job, as we know, because we yeah. According to the trailer, uh, the trailer says he's great in it, <laughs> right? But as we've seen in certain movies like Punch Drunk Love and 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 movies like that, I really like uh, you know Rain Over Me. Um, he he can be an excellent actor uh, when he puts his mind to it with the right director and everything. Um, so he did not receive an Oscar nomination. Uh, which they're calling a snub, and he, apparently they said that uh, the I can't remember what uh, what publication put this out. I'm I'm doing the biggest air Tiger quotes beat. ever, but uh, yeah, something like that. But they they said here are 28 like terrible Adam Sandler movies that he should make to punish uh, the uh, you know the Oscar people for not nominating him. Now, most of them are terrible. Like, m- most of the... I, I mean, not like these are terrible ideas. They're all terrible ideas. But most of them are not funny. This is obviously like a joke article. Right. And most of them are not funny jokes. Like, yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not like it's uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone writing, uh, you know, Rob Schneider parodies. Yeah, exactly. Most of them are, are, most of them are the same joke. It's just like uh, some sequel where it's like, like Big Daddy 2. Uh, Adam Sandler gets CGI'd to look like a five-year-old, and Dylan and Cole Sprouse, now all grown up in real life, play his adoptive father. It's a shot-for-shot remake. It's like, yeah, that's not funny. But the one that I thought was kind of funny <laughs> is uh, 9-11-2. <laughs> Adam Sandler is a hardworking firefighter who tries to win back his ex by staging a terrorist attack to gain oh, no. to gain sympathy for first responders. Oh, wow. But when he enlists the help of his three bumbling best friends, Rob Schneider, Kevin James, and David Spades, things go hilariously off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you, I think he actually did say that if he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, he would like make the worst movies ever you know, on purpose. Yeah, he uh or or they could just re-release murder mystery. Yeah, no kidding. He uh, he hey. apparently said that on Howard Stern, so I think that was the 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 genesis of the article. Sure. Yeah, he he's perplexing. I mean, if you can do good a good job, why not just do a good job? I mean, I'm sure it's an easy paycheck. I mean, I think he's got like a deal with Netflix now where he's making like 3000 movies or some crazy amount like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's in some stuff. He's, he's like, you said, he's very good. I mean, he's also very funny in some things, but it seems like he doesn't really care to be funny for the most part. Like, I mean, I've, I've given, I've exhausted my efforts on him. You know, like I think I made it to like little Nikki and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I mean, I think my wife does like that movie and it has its moments, but mm-hmm. that's just like, okay, there's, I don't know. I, I think I saw Mr. Deeds, which might've been after that. Yeah, which was okay, but I mean, it wasn't like it could have been better. You could tell it could have been better. Yeah, the thing is, is that he has he's a very he's a very good actor. He has very good comedic timing. Uh, for the most part, if his his friends that are writers or himself is writing the script, then the movie's going to be terrible. 
if someone with actual talent is writing for him and directing the movie, then it's probably going to be good because he's going to be really good in it. See, I don't know about that because I, I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, the first two, you know, post SNL movies because he was in like some movie called like Over Off the Boat, something that was him on a boat. Like they always, yeah. I always saw it at the video store, but it looks like he was in it for like five minutes and then they put him on a cover. I think it's Much called like, Going uh, Overboard, I believe. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I thought Overboard was in the What was that movie you said had uh, Sylvester Stallone on the cover? Or maybe it wasn't him, but it seemed kind of sim- Oh, Bruce Willis, I think. He was on the cover, but That's he was like barely in the movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that might have been like, but I mean, I thought those were funny. I don't know if it's like a you know nostalgia slash you know sign of its times things. I mean, there's very few movies that are always funny. I mean, I know a lot of people see the Marx Brothers are really good still. I haven't looked at them, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard anybody under the age of sixty say that either. Well, I like um, Duck Soup. I think is really good. But I have a guess about this, and uh, tell me if I'm right here. Is there a lot of physical comedy? No, actually, so. The Marx Brothers were, there's a little bit of physical comedy, but during the era when they performed, it was like, you know, like the Three Stooges and stuff. There was a lot of physical comedy going on. Yeah, it was like the end of vaudeville, I think. They crossed over to TV. Yeah. They were originally in vaudeville. There was a lot of physical comedy going on, and they stood out by not doing that. They were more, um, like... Cerebral? Yeah, more cerebral and, like, kind of, um, what's the word? Like the you know where it's like not double entendre necessarily but um i mean there's some of that but they like clever wordplay basically sure sure yeah okay yeah, yeah maybe i'll check it out because i my thought was that like physical comedy is almost timeless like you could watch like a buster keaton movie mm-hmm. and so you know it's still it's still as fresh to you as it was the day it came out but yeah like a movie like we talked about <laughs> like even a movie that you know came out like 10 years ago, that was hilarious. Then it's just like, eh, you know, it's not that great if you were to watch it for the first time now. Yeah, that's because, you know, when, like you said, it, physical comedies may be one of the only forms of comedy that is kind of timeless. Everything else is such a, a product of its, of its time, what's going on in the world and everything. Right. Like one of the many genius things that uh, Rowan Atkinson did with uh, Mr. Bean is the character barely talks. So when he does, mm-hmm. it's just gibberish. I mean, yep. that's why it was like one of the most popular comedies like worldwide and, you know, so many countries because you don't need sub- subtitles for Mr. Bean. You know, you yep. just have, you know, this, you know, gifted comedic actor, a lot of physical comedy, obviously, since he's not talking. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, it's it's that just translates so well. So yeah. I, I think I will check out like Duck Soup here. That's pretty good. I'm sure it's on something. If not. Maybe it's probably free somewhere. I imagine it's expired, but then it gets put out by a movie company, so it probably never expires the uh, copyright. Right, exactly. Disney owns it somehow. Probably. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty good. I like uh, I like Groucho Marx especially. Um, the the physical one is pro- the most physical one's probably Harpo because he's the one that doesn't talk. That's yeah, because uh, Oprah beats his ass every night. <laughs> If you want to watch a good documentary about uh, the Marx Brothers, check out Gubbo. It's really good. All right. Oh, I actually I didn't have another point. You know how uh, we discussed that, like, uh, Denzel Washington basically won training day because of Malcolm X? Yeah. I feel that Adam Sandler has the opposite. Like, he's just going to be, like, not qualified for anything because of how many shitty movies he's put out. Like, you know, he could put out, like, the next, like, you know, Citizen Kane. Right. Not like a shot-by-shot remake, but he probably will do that as a comedy at some point. But he could just put out like the greatest movie ever. It's like, yeah, I don't think so. You were in the water. Yeah, uh, Adam Sandler could uh, do Macbeth, in which he plays every single role, and 
Like, Which even, is funny because in Billy Madison, he does the speech. Oh, that's Hamlet. My, my, my fault there. But like even, yeah, exactly. But even like Lady Macbeth, and he does a better job than Sir Lawrence fucking Olivier, and the Academy would still be like, no, no, we're not, we're not giving like, this to you. Jack and Jill. Exactly. That's, like he didn't put out enough good roles to negate all the bad ones. Right. Once you're in, once you're in uh, the, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, the Razzie. Once you're in the Razzie Hall of Fame, you can't win an Academy Award. Yeah, he's definitely in the Hall of Fame. I think Holly Berry won a Razzie and an Oscar like in the same week. Oh, yeah. And For she, Catwoman and Monsters Ball. She And she showed up to collect her Razzie. With her Oscar, I think. Yeah. That's uh that I'll tell you I don't know much about her but that's uh that's a hell of a sense of humor. I I, I definitely appreciate yeah. that. I, I don't know much about her either but she was on Hot Ones and she did not flinch at any of the wings and that is terrifying to me because I love spicy foods mm-hmm. and I tried the bomb and I threw up twice. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cuz of all the water I drank and I had an empty stomach but I wouldn't try it again. It was just pure it was like napalm sticking to your mouth. You know, you know, you know who else seems like a, a very tough woman who was also on Hot Ones um, is Charlize. Lady Gaga. <laughs> Charlize Theron. Yeah, I think she also was basically unaffected. And I, I heard a story from another podcast actually where what? <laughs> where she was? Um, she when they did the movie The Italian Job, um, they uh, they kind of, like they were they did a. Um, like a training for everyone to learn how to do these stunts, like driving uh, in these mini coopers, you know, and the producers uh, came up to her and they were like, okay, so, you know, um, we, uh, we're going to give you like an extra week of uh, training. This is like before they even did anything. We're going to give you like an extra week of training and, and the car is going to be like modified and everything like, cause she was a girl and she's, <laughs> right. and she's like, fuck off. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, I like her a lot. She has a really great personality, like in interviews and stuff. She's, yeah. you know, not only very attractive. I mean, she was in the movie Monster, which, you know, she's a mm-hmm. great actress in that. Yep. That movie is just, uh, it's a very good movie. And she, she ended up being the best. Like, she was like, I don't need any of this fucking extra training. And she ended up being uh, the uh, the best driver, like, by far of any of them. Oh, I, I do not doubt that. She, she seems very strong-willed. I, I wondered, uh, do they draw, is she from South Africa? Yes. What side of the road do they drive on down there, I wonder? And also, what side of the road do they drive on in Italy? Uh, it's the left side in both cases. If I know anything about Italy, they drive all over the fucking or no, road. No, I'm sorry, the right side. It's the opposite that we drive on. It's the right side. We drive cases. on the right side. Okay, it's the left side. <laughs> that explains all those tickets, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the left side in both cases. The, huh. o- the only place in Europe uh, where they drive on the right side of the road like we do is France... And then uh, in Africa, in Africa, I don't think there is. I don't think there is a country where they they drive on the same side as we do. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, um, so yeah, the uh, he he could end up showing up at Seinfeld's house to get the tickets because he wants to take mm-hmm. his nephew. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, he says yeah, he says he's doing the thing for his nephew, and uh, he ends up taking Kramer because he talked to him on the phone for a while. What when Kramer told them they have a cure for cancer. <laughs> Isn't this like a reoccurring thing that Kramer's doing here, or is this so? He's just like a catchphrase on here. I've heard people quote. I don't know if it's just for this episode. Like uh, tell a word, like something about a business name when he answers the phone or something. Or he's trying to get some kind of scheme together. Kramerica Industries. That's what it was. Yeah, 
Is that a reoccurring thing? Yes. This is actually the first episode in which it appears, but yeah, he, uh, he, that's like whatever he calls his company. And this, this idea, he, he brings up the idea of making your own pizza. A restaurant, terrible idea, a restaurant where you make your own pizza. Uh, and that's, um, that this is the first time that appeared, but that's a reoccurring thing as well. I mean, don't you always make your own pizza? You order what's on it and just go, oh, give me a pizza. Whatever the fuck is on it is fine. I mean, you just have somebody who knows how to make a pizza make it for Right, exactly. I don't I don't understand. Uh, I know that's kind of his thing to have, like, wacky or bad ideas or whatever. But, yeah, this, this one is especially, like, it's just bewildering. Yeah, what is the, what's the added appeal of you being the one to touch the ingredients? Like, I like going to restaurants and eating pizza, but I wish I could make it. Right. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's really dumb. It's a really dumb idea, but they end up doing it uh, at one point, like far into the future, and it turns out disastrously. I, I like that George pointing out you can't have your you can't have people shoving their arms into six hundred degree ovens. Yeah, I uh, when I was younger, I, I worked briefly making pizzas, and I accidentally touched my knuckle like to the top of the thing, and it was like instantly like a giant bubble of you know flesh i mean they are extremely hot and it's a very bad idea i mean liability yeah so uh i mean that's pretty much the episode uh i'm bewildered how this show got picked up yeah that's i mean i've seen i think i said i've seen the episode where they're like trying to pitch the idea of the show Mm or george and um uh seinfeld are yeah and but yeah, and that one also wasn't very good. I mean, I, I mean, I, obviously it's you know become popular later. You know, the later episodes were very popular. It was like probably like the beginning of like the Thursday night lineup, or maybe Friends was. I think Seinfeld was first though. But I think you know it was obviously one of the popular most popular shows on the air. Mm, yeah. I mean, again, like it's just not my sense of humor. I mean, I like hearing Jerry talk to comedians and comedians with car, but I mean, like his jokes are always like you know it's observational humor a lot, which. I mean, he does have a lot of, you know, clever ideas and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's like, eh, it's not that funny to me. Yeah, I like, I like Jerry's, like, thoughts on comedy and everything more than his comedy. Like, if Jerry taught a class, if he was like a professor of comedy, I'd be fascinated to watch his thoughts on, you know, how, how you build a set and, and like, you know, just like different things like that, the you know, like deconstructing timing and things like that. But as far as like his actual jokes, it's, I don't think he's like a complete hack or anything. It's oh, just, no, he's definitely one of the most successful and probably one of the best eighties comedians. You know, I'm yeah. sure, uh, Jay, uh, Leno is also up there, but he, you know, both of them moved out of comedy, you know, somewhat quickly, but they were mm. both touring comedians. Very, I think Leno was very popular before he became, oh, you know, absolutely the host of this. And, and he used like to be a, way edgier too. Yeah, and I mean, Jerry, you know, obviously is, uh, you know, a very clean comedian, so he can, you know, go anywhere. I mean, even like, you know, even like his, like, dirty thoughts or whatever, the whole masturbation thing, mm. that's, you know, done in a way that, you know, you could have, like, you know, a, a 10-year-old watch it and, you know, it'd probably go over their head. But, I mean, you know, it's not like it's like he's not being very, like, you know, visceral with his description. Right, exactly. But, yeah, I mean... Again, I'm not a fan of the show. I didn't think it was... It wasn't the worst thing I saw, but there was nothing... Like you said, I don't know how it got picked up. There's nothing special about this episode. There's not a... I mean, none of the characters really pop out. I mean, maybe the novelty of, like, the stand-up sets, which are rather lengthy. Yeah, they are. 
But, I mean, again, I think that's just like, ah, shit, let's just throw in your stand-up, you know, we could just do that. Or they have, like, 20 stand-up comedians on the writing staff, like, hey, do you mind if I use this joke? Like, yeah, whatever, you're paying me, you know, five grand a week, I don't care. Yeah, and, and the, that's the thing, too, is it's clearly used to pad out the episode quite a bit. And from what I've heard, uh, Jerry and um, Larry David did all the writing. <laughs> like, yeah. they would ask people who were on the staff, like, you know, about life stories and that kind of stuff, and they would steal them and modify them. But, like, I think Spike Ferenstein won a, an Emmy for writing Seinfeld, but I don't think he wrote any of the episode, really. I think, you know, they would just put a different person's name on it for some reason. I don't know if that's, like, a guild requirement. Or- yeah, I don't, I'm not sure exactly why. But, yeah, I, I think they they were clearly, especially Larry when he was when he was on the show, um, you know, was pretty tightly controlling over the, over the writing and everything. And yeah, good, good for them. I mean, they, they did it their way. You know, they, yep. they came out with a popular show that was, you know, I, I, I doubt anything was put in there. They didn't want, you know, I mean, Jerry has a series of romantic relationships, but he's not like, Oh no, we're getting married. You know, like in friends, like around season three, at least one of the friends has to get married. Yeah. You no, know, look, this one's pregnant. You know, that didn't really happen. I mean, the characters are kind of assholes, which is refreshing. I mean, you know, everybody on TV is like, Oh no, I'm going to go to the post office. And then I'm going to go down and, uh, dole out some soup to the homeless. I'm like, oh no, look at this guy. He's a real asshole. He didn't pay his parking ticket on time. Whereas like, there's like some really like severe narcissistic behavior in Seinfeld. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, is, I'm sure it's, you know, the comedians just presenting their actual thoughts, you know, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that, that is refreshing. I'm, I mean, I don't hate on them. Good for him for, you know, all his success. I just, if, if someone gave me a free ticket to go see Seinfeld, I'd be like, yeah, hey Mark, you want to, you want this ticket? I don't really want to. Right. Exactly. I, I, um, I don't necessarily think I'd go see him uh, perform either. Um, like, like you said, I mean, I don't hate him. I think he's, I think he's an interesting guy with some really interesting thoughts. Yeah, um, he definitely has a, 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 a theory and a plan for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do want to point out, this is a very commonly quoted like uh, thing that supposedly he had like a big calendar and everybody he'd write a joke, he put an X on it. And then he just like, when he ever became frustrated or got like writer's block, he looked and like, oh yeah, I have this big chain of successes. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not true at all. He was asked about it in an interview. I think it was with Larry King, maybe someone else. He's like, yeah, I don't know where that comes from. It's just all made up. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, that that's our episode. Uh, oh, uh, actually, do you mind if I jam one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. Did you hear? I've uh, heard that speaking... before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe that's when you went to prison for all those uh, fucking tickets you're <laughs> driving the wrong exactly. side of the road. The lack of respect is the worst part. It, it is. It really is. In the, in the hypocrisy. <laughs> um, but did you do you see that Stephen uh, quote, uh, Stephen King was being uh, dragged, as they say, because he uh, he said that if he were to you know nominate a film, he wouldn't consider diversity. Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, which is kind of funny because he's like you know obviously like a well known liberal, and he's like you know writes about like how much he hates uh, Trump more than Pennywise each day, that sort of thing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of fu- I mean that's. I, I, I agree. I mean, should you consider diversity? I really, I mean, no. if you're looking for the best movie, you really right. shouldn't. I mean, if they want to have the director's names be blank, you know, I mean, obviously you can't with the actors and that sort of thing. I mean, I'm fine with that. If you want the entire movie to be a blind submission and then like at the Oscars, like, oh shit, that was directed by Quentin Tarantino. I mean, obviously some directors, you'll be like, yeah, that's a Martin Scorsese uh, movie. There's mobsters talking about, you know, the Rolling Stones concert. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, that's the only other alter. I mean, that's, it's I, I don't. It's not really progress if you're still being prejudice prejudice against a group of people. You know, I mean you can't. I mean it's you can't say well. You're, I mean, I, I I would resent it quite a bit if I'm like, well, you only won this award because you're from Michigan. You know, we needed more Michiganders. You know, winning these awards. 
It's like, well, no, I should win on my own merit. I mean, not because, you know, I, I'm part of a, you know, traditionally unrep unrepresented group, which thankfully there are more, you know, people directing and, you know, producing and acting that traditionally weren't seen in front of or behind a camera. But I mean, that just kind of like, you know, denigrates the entire, you know, equality thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. So I guess I'm, I'm just reading about this now. Uh, Ava Duv DuVernay uh, tweeted, when you wake up, meditate, stretch, reach. By the way, fuck yourself. Uh, for you you're know, gonna meditate then stretch. Isn't uh, oh, I guess that's I was thinking of yoga, but I mean, yeah, fuck you regardless. So you drink your uh, decaffeinated, uh, not you know, trade friendly, uh, mm -hmm. non exploited people uh, herbal uh, green tea. Yeah, exactly. Now here's the thing, and and I I, I got another point to make. On this you go you go whack off to the Tiananmen Square massacre a couple times. Right, exactly. So Ava Ava Duvernay, I have something uh, to say. There is there's something that separates us more than race or gender or sexual orientation, and it's class. Um, when uh, Ellen was in a little bit of hot water or whatever, but it what you know like not much at all when she was um when she was at a i think it was a texas rangers game no it was a it was a cowboys game and uh she was in a luxury box and she was sitting next to george w bush and she took a, a video of her and like george w bush joking with each other and everything and then uh people on twitter were like you know what are you doing you know and everything like you know like you shouldn't be friends with him he's against gay people you know like all this stuff and she came out and she was like again yeah well she yeah she came on she said um she said hey i say like you know be kind to uh to each other that means like everyone it doesn't matter what our our um our you know like uh political ideologies are or whatever and that was like her defense of it but here's the thing um the george w bush like if you like objectively looked at is a war criminal you know like someone who sure someone who like supported torture you know like like encouraged and implemented uh you know systematic torture of of prisoners uh or at the very least allowed it to happen yeah invade, but I mean, invaded a country with uh you know no provocation uh, based on on lies um so it's like it's different than like just him being like you know, I don't think gay people should be allowed to get married or whatever. There are certain things that George Which he w also is against and still is, I'm sure. Right. But there I mean, but that's it's different. Like, you know, he's like an actual war criminal. But here's the thing. The reason that she's okay with him and okay with being friends with him is because they're both rich. They're both in that luxury box. They're peers in a right. way that she'll never be peers with ninety percent of the population all these fucking people Some would say 99% right all these yeah, exactly Bert. <laughs> all these people that fucking worship her and it's like she's not one of you she can she can uh you know use her little southern accent and dance on the fucking tv like she's some you know like uh fun aunt from uh, down the street but she's not like you and she hasn't been like you for a lot of years, and she'll yeah, think, never be able to relate to you. Yeah, I think it's when the rapper um, Offset, I could be wrong, but maybe someone else, he wanted to buy, he was on, they were on the show, I think, um, you know, their group was, mm -hmm. and he was, like, saying something about he wanted to buy, like, a Maybach. Ellen, like, personally called the Maybach dealer, who she knew, and, you know, set everything up for him, like, you know, in, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Another another uh, counterpoint is that uh, Michelle Obama does the exact same thing with George Bush, but yep. more so. They seem very friendly, but yep. apparently she's you know protected because she's more diverse or more suppressed by society. I, I have or no, maybe because I have no idea, but it's the same thing. That that is also that's also a class issue. It's yeah, like, they share candy. They're they're buddies. Look it up. No one. I mean, people have mm-hmm. mentioned it, but she's like, oh yeah, you know, it's a human thing. I mean, and, and you know. As far as the war criminal thing, you could say any any president, except for possibly Jimmy Carter, committed yeah, war crimes. True. You know that you've seen or haven't seen. I mean, true. I mean, obviously the drone strikes with Obama, you know, aren't necessarily the most. Oh. Uh, although I have to say, he did go over with a. He had a lawyer approve everyone at a certain point, but I mean, not every. I mean, it wasn't just terrorists being killed. Yeah, exactly. That that's yeah. I, I have I have a lot of problems with uh, Obama, especially when it comes to uh, to that. But not necessarily. Yeah, go ahead. I think the the onion pointed out that he was the first Nobel Prize winner to bomb other Nobel Prize winners, which were the Doctors Without Borders. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Now that we went uh, to the political and that no one wants to hear, uh, we're done. But uh, but yeah. So uh, Ava DuVernay says, uh, you know, when you wake up, meditate, stretch, because she's a fucking privileged person. Uh, reach for your phone. And then she put then she put in parentheses, which I do because I'm a vegan. Yeah. Reach for your phone to check on the world and see a tweet from someone you admire that is so backward and ignorant you want to go back to bed. How is it backward and ignorant? How is it backward and ignorant to say... It's, it's actually very progressive compared to the uh, current you know, political climate. Exactly. Because what he's saying is... is that, that he wants people to be judged by the content of their character and mm-hmm. not the color of their skin? Yeah, exactly. And like when Moonlight won uh, a couple years ago, uh, was Moonlight a better movie than La La Land? I mean, it's it's subjective, but it, in I'm my opinion, guess, yeah, because La La Band's a musical and musicals are terrible, right? But in my opinion, yeah, it was, and it should have won that year, and it did. For the most part, this isn't. That's the problem. Is when, um, you, you know, when uh, a woman isn't nominated every year for a directing Oscar, or when there are people of color that aren't nominated every year for acting Oscars or something like that. Everyone, like everyone, reacts like, "Oh, it's the '50s again," and it, or it's the '60s again, where Sidney Poitier is getting looked over and he's doing great work. That's not always the case, you know. Right? Maybe. In fact, it's probably rarely the case because people are called out for even like you know getting a caterer that's you know, I don't know, Mexican that serves Chinese food because it's you know cultural appropriation. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, not every not every time. There's a group that is excluded uh, from it, from from a po- private industries uh, awards dinner. By the way, like, right. like this isn't the fucking election; it's a private industry award show. Right? Yeah. It's. I mean, again, it's. I mean, it's award show. What does an award mean ultimately? I mean, yeah. probably some more money to the actor or director that you know for their mm. future works. But I mean. Ultimately, it means it's it's nothing. It means nothing to society in general. It's not like, oh my God, the Russians are going to watch the nukes, but then fucking Ryan Reynolds won a you know Golden Globe award, so now they stopped. Yeah, the the Oscars is one of the least important things in the world. Well, you yeah, know, I mean, it's fun to watch. It's nice if you. I, I guess I, I watched the Golden Globes like we mentioned. I was annoyed that like Joe Pesci didn't win because I really thought he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was nominated for an Oscar. I hope so. Right. But I mean, it's like I mean, it, it's was. not. I, I didn't lose sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, because it's he, like... He may have, because he came out of retirement for the Irishman, but I mean, it's... 
I don't. I don't even know who won over him. That said, oh no, it was Brad Pitt. But yeah, I, I don't care. Yep. And yeah, he got nominated. Brad Pitt did too. So it'll be a, a showdown again. I think he's going to win the Oscar. I do. That would be, and I hope uh, Scorsese wins. I, even though it's very slow, The Irishman is a very good movie. Yep. Agreed. But anyway, yeah, it's. I I have no problem with what Stephen King said. I mean, it's so funny. Uh, Stephen King's, as you pointed out, Stephen King's liberal bona fides shouldn't really be questioned. I mean, he's like on the front lines, doesn't care who he alienates from his readership. He fucking rails against Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and the rest of the Republicans pretty much every day. And when you are, this is what, this is why people hate liberals, by the way. And this is what liberals do. Oh, this is why I hate them. Yes. This is what liberals do to each other all the time. Liberals are like, oh, you know, you're not fucking liberal enough, you know, or what? like they, they argue with each other and they cannibalize each other, like to see who can be the most woke or whatever. It's like, just, you know. Like, try to be nice to people and make fucking logical decisions. And, you know, you won't be liberal. You won't be conservative. You'll just be a fucking good person. And don't fucking, you know, like, all these labels, it really pisses me off. Right. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I understand changes need to be made in society. And they are happening incrementally. But, I mean, just because, you know, Clive Barker goes on a rant about transgender rights, it's not going to make some guy in, uh, you know, Kentucky who makes his own moonshine and, you know, loves the idea of joining a militia and blowing up the government and be like, well, you know, he's got some points. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's like Bill Burr points out when there's like a billboard that says, hey, like you shouldn't abuse women or something like that. Like like some guy that, that like slaps around his wife is going to be driving down the road and like, Oh fuck! I had no idea. That's you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, like Chris Brown was about to, you know, finish off Rihanna when he saw those fucking billboards and it saved her life. Right, exactly. It's 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 dumb, you know. And uh, I mean, yeah, you just you just have to separate the artist from the art uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Bill Cosby. I was never a fan in the first place, so it's not hard to say, oh fuck that guy and everything he ever did. I right. mean, I'm happy to see all the bad things that are happening to him happen to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if. I mean, again, he, I mean, he's been convicted, so I guess, you know, you could say this, but even if he's not convicted, I mean, I'm sorry, O.J. Simpson killed his wife and uh, Ron Goldman. He's not convicted, but he did it. Yeah. Oh, and he wrote a book saying how he did it, and it was very graphic. Yep, exactly. But I mean, I, I mean, to a degree, I mean, like, for me, uh, Louis C.K., I like his comedy a lot, and, like, it's really weird because, like, yeah, what he did was inappropriate, but if, if what he says happen the way it happened it's 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 more weird and fucked up than like a sexual assault yeah that's the thing i and i got in trouble for saying i mean i didn't really get in trouble but like oh no the police came but like two people uh on twitter called me a moron or whatever um but uh when that louis ck thing came out uh and everyone was like oh it's another fucking harvey weinstein or whatever it's another um you know, Bill, Bill, Cosby. Bill Cosby. And I was like, no, it's not the same thing. And like, people are like, oh my God, you're a fucking Louis C.K. apologist. You're a fucking uh, asshole and everything. And it's like, no, you see your attitude right there? This is why people hate you. And this is why this right. is why there's so much like division in the world because of what you're doing right there. Think about it logically. I'm not saying that you know, if it's true, what Louis C.K. did was the right thing to do. 
I'm it, it certainly was not the right thing to do. Right. I'm saying that there's a spectrum of bad things and raping someone, uh, sexually assaulting someone, and then masturbating in front of someone are, you know, different spectrums of bad. None, yeah, of, them, it, it, none of them are good, he, but they're very... Especially he asked permission, which kind of does make it better, which is weird, but yeah. it does. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's a... like. If it's true, which I mean, I think it's pretty. I, th- I think Louis C.K. basically admitted it, it was true. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's a fucked up weird thing to do, but it's not the same as raping someone. It's okay right. to say that something is worse than rape. Sure, and, and I mean, this is coming from a guy who like uh, has a joke about like you know, the sooner you masturbate uh, after nine eleven is uh, you know, oh, yeah, a, yeah. a degree of how bad of a person you were. And he goes, "Yeah, I was uh, I was finishing off between the sec- between the first and the second towers got hit." Right. So I mean, that's not a person you're. I mean, you're not going to suspect you know just because you have bad thoughts or evil thoughts like that that you're a rapist. But I mean, mm. it, it's not like he's you know it's not like he's Bill Cosby or Jerry Seinfeld exactly, and then or yeah. Vince Champ. Yeah, exactly. Vince Champ's a great example. Um, I love that when uh, when when fucking what's his name? I can't remember his name. Norm. No, uh, he, the guy was uh, was telling the story on Norm's show, but he was like, yeah, his gimmick was that he would uh, he would go from show to show, and he would you know like sexually assault. He'd do the college tour, and he'd sexually ra- like he'd rape one of the uh, you know the women. Uh, you know, as he was coming through, and Norm goes, maybe one of the worst gimmicks that he's stand up. <laughs> yeah, because oh, uh, it is a it's weird. I can't remember who it was, but it, it's a weird choice of words gimmick. It may have been um, what's that tall guy who worked with Ricky Gervais, Stephen? No, I don't. I don't. It wasn't Stephen Merchant. It was I think it was the guy that was on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond a couple times and. Um, oh, uh, was it? Uh, what the fuck was it? His friend? Uh, shit, I can't. Re- Fred Stoller. Yes, yeah, Stoller. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think it was Stoller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going very long in this uh, episode, and most of it's about rape. So we should probably go go ahead and end this one. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell friends to listen to the show and do all that? You know. Here. Here. What do you got against it? Yeah. Do you like content? So do we. Leave a like. There you go. Do do that shit. <laughs> right. Um. But, uh, yeah, this has been uh, Dumpster Diving slash Soapbox slash Rape Talk. <laughs> so rape we, Talk, our new podcast. We'll see you next time on uh, Massive Rape Fee. Don't rape people. <laughs>